Because at the end of the day, most of the self-narrative, and this isn't true for everyone, but a lot of it is negative talk. A lot of it is how you really feel about yourself. And unfortunately, we like to present to the world um, a really positive, courageous, outgoing person. Um, but in reality, everyone has fears and insecurities and places that they want to work on. Now, some of them much stronger than others, for sure. But if we can start to be honest and open with the way we talk about ourselves to ourselves, then we can start to shift that. And I think this gets into, and as I like to use the terms, our inner um, internal environment and our inner external environment. So the conscious and subconscious parts of our brain, right? If we can understand our self-narrative and start to almost have an open discussion with ourselves about how we, we speak to ourselves, then we can start to shift it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jake. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. We're here on Fridays. I love a good Friday. Um, I feel like there's a different energy about the place, not so much for myself, but the general environment of society. When you're out on a Friday, people feel like they're finishing their work week, they're getting into the weekend, they're getting a bit more lively, I guess. They've got a bit more of a pep in their step because for most people, they live for the weekend. They work Monday to Friday. And they get to relax on the weekends. So um, I like to vibe off other people's energies. I'm still practicing my Friday Monday, which I talked about a few episodes back. And it's where I try to do the things. Often we set a task for Monday and we go, all right, on Monday, I'm going to get into my good habits. I'm going to, I don't know, drink more water. I'm going to exercise. And then it gets to Monday and we're all like, oh, I don't want to anymore. And it's really hard. So I propose doing all the stuff you say you're going to do on Monday, do it on a Friday. Start your Friday off as if you would your Monday get into the action of things, go into the weekend, vibing, doing the things you want to be have done and then use the other people's energy, like the the energy from, you know, your society, from the environment of people around you to carry that through. And then you get to Monday and hopefully you've been able to utilize that productivity and that energy and you can get straight into it. And I find it a lot harder for me to start on a Monday than it is for me to start on a Friday. Um, lot to do with, yeah, like I said, the energy of other people, just the general feel of what a Friday brings. It could be because I've grown up with that Monday to Friday mindset for, you know, the first 25 years of my life, but I still find that there's a lot of that around. So today I'm very grateful um, to be able to get out, to be able to vibe from other people. I'm very grateful to be in a situation where I can go and enjoy the weekends um, as well as my weekdays. I'm very grateful for older friends as well. I've been chatting, to, you know, Friday night in Perth. So great time for my friends who are, you know, out enjoying their 
weekend night for me to chat to them here in the morning time for me. So getting to chat to a few old friends and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful for a bunch of old connections that stay true. When you start traveling, when you start to um, explore and get older, you start to drift apart. And it's nice to have some of those friends that stay true and that you hold close. So I am very grateful for that. Go ahead and put some gratitude in the chat for what you're grateful for today. And then we'll get started um, on a couple of topics. There's two sort of things that I want to talk about today. So grateful for coffee this morning. Yes, I was just saying, I'm also grateful for coffee. My little man was up early. And so I've had a couple of extra coffees today. My my substitution for less coffee, more water has not been going well. Um, but one of the few, one of the many habits that I'm trying to change um, isn't doing so well, but others are. So, you know, I can't beat myself up too much. I'll just try again, um, you know, maybe, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. I will say that trying to quit coffee with a new, with a six months old now, so not really newborn, but with a baby is is a bit harder than than normal life. All right. Um, today we just recap. Tuesday we were talking a lot about um, what we're talking about Tuesday: self sabotage. Uh, we were talking about how to observe our language, try, trying to pick up our limiting beliefs just by the way we talk um, and things we say, the words we use. We were talking about our self-esteem and the fact that we all have affirmations. Um, but what we don't realize is that a lot of the time we are affirming negative behaviors to ourselves. Okay. And we really wanted to impose the idea that not everyone likes the, the concept of reading out positive affirmations every day, but not so much reading out a list of positive affirmations every day, but understanding that we say affirmations to ourselves all day, every day. And unfortunately, the majority of them are negative. And if we can understand that and start removing that from our verbiage, then hopefully we can realize, ah, these are the affirmations that I'm currently saying. Why don't I switch them to positive ones? And it's really important to just be aware of our current habits. Sometimes we don't even realize the self-negative talk that we have. Sometimes we don't even realize the, say, the things we say to ourselves about ourselves. And bringing awareness to that will hopefully be, will start the process of removing them and switching out. And like I said, pattern recognition, pattern interruption, we can switch those negative affirmations that we are just conscious, subconsciously saying to ourselves into positive affirmations. And through repetition, hopefully the words we use and the way we speak about ourselves on just an unconscious level will be positive rather than negative. Okay. Um, then yesterday we were talking a little bit about the the Stanford Marshmallow Test and delayed gratification. It's something I talk about a lot, but more about impulse control and self-control and how important it is to really try and discipline our self-control and impulse control, especially in this current day and age where there's like reels and so many distractions that just take our attention so quickly. And it just makes us... I suppose it weakens our self-control and our discipline on staying focused and keeping the task at hand. And it's really important when trading to be very disciplined, to have that self-control, to not want to impulse buy, impulse sell, and um, respond off emotion. So the more we can integrate that impulse control, um, self-regulate, you know, self-soothe when we find that the emotions are taking over, then we can hopefully um, improve our results in the long run. Um Today, I want to talk to you about a very, very interesting um, concept that is called um, selective attention. So often in trading, and, and, and this is a really important thing to grasp, because often in trading, especially when we're starting, um, depending on your strategy, depending on your style of trading, 
I find a lot of new people get super hyper-focused. So for example, in my trading strategy and lots of the, um, and the trading strategy that a lot of us trade, we look for um, bearish engulfing patterns. We look for morning star candle patterns and we use candle patterns for entries. Okay. And when you're first learning, you can just get so hyper-focused on these candle patterns and you see one and you're like, okay, cool. Time to buy, time to sell. Uh, not realizing the environment. And so you'll often hear me say, when in doubt, zoom out. And it's really important to take a wider look and gather more information. Again, you'll often hear me say that in order to shift our perspective, we basically just need to get more information. At the moment, all we have is this bit of information. And so therefore, that's all we can make our assumptions on. That's all we can you know, make our analysis on. But the more we zoom out, the more we get a wider view, and the more we start to broaden our information and our knowledge, the more we can get, uh, like I suppose, the better our um, our decision making process will become because we'll have more information, we'll have a wider view, and we can understand the environment as a whole rather than having that su super hyper focused um, view. So I want to run a little test here with everyone that's with us today. Now, for those of you listening on the podcast, I want you to stop this right now, go YouTube the Gorilla Test, and uh, just watch that video. But for those of us that are here today. Put some ones in the chat if you've heard of the gorilla test before. And put some twos if you haven't, just so I get an understanding of people who have done this test before. In case we have got some people who have heard of it. Okay, well, I'm going to run it anyway, and we'll see if um, we have some people that haven't. Okay, so we'll give it a go, and we'll just quickly um, run this test and see how people go with it. It only goes for about a minute and a half. Okay, so the idea behind this and those of you that haven't watched it, um, basically the test asks you to count the, the passes and you get really hyper-focused and trying to count the amount of passes. But what they do is they actually insert a gorilla, basically someone in a gorilla suit walks straight through your vision and most people don't even recognize it the first time. Once you've seen it, once you're aware, then you can pick it up and you can understand. Now, it's a really interesting concept. And if you haven't seen it before, go check it out. But what this does, and, and it takes you on a bit of a path down how crazy the brain is and our vision. So if you research this, our brain and our eyes are very, very, very good at deceiving us. Now, what the eyes do is they select their focus on a very small point, often about the size of you know your thumb. And we don't realize, but we're moving our eyes four or five times every single second and focusing on different points. And our brain is making up different se segments in between. In fact, there's a blind spot in your eye, which you can do a certain test to show um, this certain spot. But we never see that because what our brain does is it takes the images and just makes up the bit that's not there. And so when we get super hyper-focused, especially when we're trading, we start to not see the other bits of information. We start to ignore certain key factors that are around us. And just like in this gorilla test, some of you would have been so fo focused on watching the balls pass, you didn't realize a gorilla just walked straight in front of you. Okay. And the first time I saw it, it blew my mind. It's like, how can I not see this? But this is what happens on the charts. We are so focused on trying to find these bullish engulfing candles or bearish engulfing candles. And we miss the fact that we may have had a TDI shift on a higher time frame, or that our price is actually below the 20% on the TDI. So all this information is really important to tell us what the price might do. 
And the more we get hyper-focused, the less we really look at these other bits of information. And this can be very detrimental. And you, you realize as you go through and as your journey progresses that, oh, man, I don't understand. I'm spotting all of these um, bearish engulfing candles, but yet they're turning around on me. I don't understand why it's not going in my direction. And then, and this is what I'm moving on to next. And just as you say in the chat, I get like this when I overtrade. I do the same thing. What I can do is I can spot a movement. So I feel like it's gone down and maybe we're trying to get a counter trend trade. And then I see the first entry. It doesn't go my way. So what do I do? I panic. I'm like, oh, this move is still going to happen. Let's wait for this next entry. Oh, this is a bullish engulfing. And I try to enter there. And then it turns around and you're like, oh, maybe it's going to sell. Maybe I'll try and catch the sell because I see a bearish engulfing candle now. And you get super hyper-focused on this one bit of movement. And what we need to do is zoom out and go, okay, the first movement and my prediction didn't actually go as planned. Let's not get emotional. Let's not get too involved. Let's not get hyper-focused. Let's self-soothe. Let's take a step back and let's reassess. You know what? Let's just give it some time. And if it does go without us, doesn't matter because I'd obviously not calculated this move correctly. There was something that I was missing. So let's let this go. Let's let it reset up, maybe match one of our ideal trades and then go again. And the more we can do this, the better our results are going to be because I really feel that lots of the time we get into overtrading because what happens is we wait and wait and wait. We see a setup. We're like, okay, there's lots of information pointing towards this. It doesn't quite go our way. And then we get into this trap of focusing so heavily on trying to catch this move that we thought was going to go, oh, what didn't go there? Or maybe it will go here. Oh no, now it's not going to go here. Or maybe it's going to turn around. Maybe I should, maybe you should zoom out, relax, self-soothe, and just go back at it with a fresh mind. Okay. Chuck some ones in the chat if this is resonating with some people, because I know that lots of people get into this, this trap, especially when they've been watching the charts for a while and they feel like they're deserving of a trade. They get this hyper-focus. They get this selective focus. Um, what was it called again? Selective attention. Okay, and we start to ignore other factors and we start to really just zoom in on the things that we want to see. If we think it's going to be a counter trend trade, we start getting what's known as um, directional bias. Okay, so we've been waiting for this downtrend. There's a lot of things that we've been looking at. We think, okay, yeah, it's time for a counter trend. And then we make the first move, it doesn't happen. We get hyper focused and we get directional bias and we just keep our eyes open for this. When's this reversal going to come? When's this reversal going to come? Not that we realize that the TDI's actually got heaps of room now. Price has moved across, Aqua's moved down, and it's probably ready to continue on a downtrend rather than reverse back up. Okay, so understanding this and zooming out and trying to reduce that hyper-focus can be very, very important. So if you haven't done that test, go do it on your own time. See how you feel uh, when you, I mean, it's probably going to be, if you haven't seen it already, you're going to know what to look for. But the idea is, and it blows my mind, that we can really focus in on one certain thing. And our eyes will often make up the stories of things we want to see based on our past experiences. And so that's why we feel we can see a lot more than we actually truly can. And this is true for on the charts. This is true for, um, you know, when you're just walking down the street. It's a very fascinating concept. And there's this part of the brain which just makes up the gaps that we don't see. But that's the fascinating part of the brain. So I want to go on to this next thing um, and kind of leave you with this for the weekend. And this is talking relative to what we were speaking about throughout the week, but it's a self-narrative. So in relation to the self-talk, in relation to self-sabotage, in relation to the um, concepts of affirmations, I want you to really take note of your own narrative. And I want you to go over 
on the weekend. I'm going to give you some questions and I really want you to ask yourself these questions. And if you can give yourself time to think through them really deeply and journal them and try and understand your own self narrative. Now, this is really, really important. And I think it's a key aspect to trying to reduce some of these limiting beliefs and some of these childhood traumas and all the things that we're, we're holding stuck to us that are emotionally bound um, and sort of play out on the charts. And so if we can maybe restructure our self-narrative, this might actually help a lot of people um, understand what's holding them back and where they want to go. So the self-narrative is basically... How do you talk about yourself to yourself? And lots of people, you know, they've got self-talk. Someone asks them, oh, tell me about yourself. You will have a story you tell people, maybe who you identify as, maybe some of your hobbies, maybe some things you're proud of. Um, but the, per the, the narrative you tell yourself is a completely different one to the one that you tell other people. There's very, very, very few people in the world, if any, that you will tell your true self-narrative Two. Does that make sense? So there's very few people in the world that you'll say out loud what your, your true self-narrative is. Because at the end of the day, most of the self-narrative, and this isn't true for everyone, but a lot of it is negative talk. A lot of it is how you really feel about yourself. And unfortunately, we like to present to the world um, a really positive, courageous, outgoing person. Um, but in reality, everyone has fears and insecurities and places that they want to work on. Now, some of them much stronger than others, for sure. But if we can start to be honest and open with the way we talk about ourselves to ourselves, then we can start to shift that. And I think this gets into, and as I like to use the terms, our inner um, internal environment and our inner external environment. So the conscious and subconscious parts of our brain, right? If we can understand our self-narrative and start to almost have an open discussion with ourselves about how we, we speak to ourselves, then we can start to shift it, okay? And you'll often find that when you, write out your self-narrative or you really explain it in detail, then you'll start to learn some of those limiting beliefs, some of that negative self-talk, some of that self-sabotage, some of um, you know, the negative affirmations or hopefully some of the positive affirmations that you have. So my best advice to really diving into this is get a journal and just write out your self-narrative. If someone's, if you'd say to you, okay, how do I really see myself? I want you to put yourself in an environment in your mind of you're achieving something, you know, like, okay, Jake, for example, I play basketball. Okay, Jake, you've just scored the final points of the game. Congratulations, your team won. How would I then go and talk about myself? Like, oh, I'm so proud. You know, I did this right. I did this right. I can go and, you know, be happy about X, Y, Z. Or do I go, oh, yeah, but I really, during the game, I did this wrong and it wouldn't have been this close if I X, Y, Z. These are the things that you say to yourself and the way you speak about yourself to yourself is going to tell you a lot about how you think about yourself. Okay. Is this making sense? So we really want to try and understand the self-narrative, put yourself in a positive light, put yourself in a negative light. Like for example, oh, Jake, you've just failed in another prop firm challenge. Do I go, oh, you're a loser. You're never going to get this like X, Y, Z. Or do I go, ah, it doesn't matter. Like you've learned this, this, and this. What are the, what is the ways we speak about ourselves to ourselves? It's not how you speak to your partner. It's not how you speak to your mother about yourself. It's not how you tell your best friend how your life's going. It's how you tell yourself because these are where our limiting beliefs lie. These are where our negative self-talk is. And this is where we really find out about um, ourselves. And, oh, Jake, the things I say to myself when I trade. Yeah, I mean, I've been there. Don't you worry. 
sometimes I get in such a negative spiral when I'm on the charts, especially when I'm in a losing streak that it's just, I can't believe the things I say about myself. And I'm like, why would I talk about myself like that? Would I ever go and speak to like someone else in the trading community when they make the same mistakes? Of course I wouldn't. So why am I doing this to myself? And when you can start to unravel this self-narrative that you have about yourself, then you can maybe look at it and go, wow, I'm really fucking mean to myself. I should probably lighten up because these words, even though they might not be verbal, they're still there. They're still running around in your head. They're still in your mind. And they're playing a huge impact on your responses. They're playing a huge impact on your personal development, on your growth, on your self-esteem, on all of these aspects. So if you're sitting on the charts and just ripping shreds into yourself about how X, Y, Z negative you are, then of course it's going to be hard to find the self-discipline to get back up, the self-esteem to keep going and really get yourself on top of some of these habits. But if you're sitting there going, okay, Jake, it doesn't matter, like pumping yourself up, positive self-talk, really reinforcing um, the fact that you can do these things and that you do make mistakes and that we're all human, then this is going to help you stay longer. This is going to help you progress forward. This is going to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So to really understand yourself to a deeper level, I recommend writing out a scenario. Now pick whatever one you want, something that you, something where you're accomplished, make it up, make it whatever it is. Maybe you've won a gold medal. It doesn't matter. How would you talk about yourself? Then a negative one. How would you usually, and I think for this, most of us can probably use a bad trading day because we've all had some of them. So you can use, okay, had a bad trading day. How am I going to talk about myself? But then I want you to ask yourself these questions. And write them down. Spend some time thinking about them. I want you to do this over the weekend and maybe we can speak about them on Tuesday if people are um, happy to discuss it. But what is your biggest fear? And really think about this. Not on like, oh, I'm scared of sharks in the water because I mean, yeah, some people might, but more on a deeper level. You know, what is it in your life right now? And these can change over time. Don't get me wrong. You know, maybe it was, I'm terrified that I'm never going to get the opportunity to be a father. I was, couldn't wait to being a father. Now it's happened. That fear is obviously not going to be there for me anymore because my life's changed. And that's fine. But currently, what is your biggest fear? And then what truly drives you? Like, what is your true passion? Like, if money didn't matter, if time didn't matter, if friends and family and environment didn't matter, what really, really drives you? What could you do till the day you die that would put a smile on your face every single day? And then the third question who is your biggest role model or what TV movie character do you most relate to and why? And if you ask yourself these questions and really think about them, I think you'll learn a lot about yourself. Okay. So what is your biggest fear? What drives you or what is your biggest passion? And then who is your biggest role model or what TV character or movie character do you most relate to and why? And these are some of the best questions to really understand ourselves, because I think at the end of the day, we a lot of us have an idea of who we think we are, but we don't put time into truly understanding it and finding that self-narrative. And you know what? Once you go down and do this exercise and learn yourself, I'm hoping that you can go either, wow, I'm proud of myself narrative or holy shit, I need to change myself narrative. And you can do that. You can really turn it around in the matter of a day or a weekend or however long you take to do this exercise. And once you start to shift your perspective and your beliefs about yourself, the rest will follow. We really want to change the internal subconscious beliefs that we have about ourselves so that we can then feel pride, feel happiness, feel joy, whatever it is that you want to feel um, relative to other areas of our life. Okay. I hope that makes sense. I hope that's helped a few people. If you haven't looked at the gorilla exercise, 
um, the gorilla test, go do it. It's great. It really opens up your mind. Um, for our traders, I will see you on the trading call in a couple of minutes. I won't be on there long though. I've got to go to work, so I'll be bouncing pretty quickly. I hope you all have a great trading session and get a lot of points. To those listening on the podcast, I'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. And then I think the week after I might be taking a week off, but we shall see how we go. So next week I'll be back Tuesday, same time. And um, till then, bye, bye all and have a great weekend.